From Breaking Bad to Calling Saul, agents led by Son of Call. Oh, Game of Thrones, who's the next to die? House of Cards is full of lies. Supergirl just flew on by. We're chilling, watching Netflix. How much time's gone by? We're talking TV. From suits to supernatural. Talking TV. Blacklist and the Rebels. Sherlock's Big Bang with Orphan Black. True Detective bombed at second crack. The Walking Dead. Arrow and the Flash. Get into geek, we're talking gifted. That's right, X-Men on TV. It's happening and it's awesome. My name's Mitch. And the guy that's been telling me it's awesome, why I should be watching it, Maddie Gibson. Hey, I mean, I don't want to say I've got the best taste in television of the entire Get Into Geek team, but I've got the best taste in television of the entire Get Into Geek team. <laughs> well, <you've laughs> And I'm so humble about it too, right? Absolutely. That's what we love about you. Good yeah. taste, humble, you know, just get in, get you out. Know. It's all fine. Well, we are talking Sit gifted. down, be humble. God, I hate that song. <laughs> just pretend I didn't even mention that. We're talking gifted. It's episode four of season one. Um, Maddie, oh, I, I don't properly know how to get into this other than just say I love how this show is moving along and I think I'm saying that off the back of our last gifted podcast where I said I like the rule of three episodes if you're trying to give a new show a crack now I really Mm. like this show from the first episode but I felt if someone wasn't as keen about pressing on as I am regardless of what I thought about the show Giving them these three episodes or the first three episodes to watch, I don't see how, if they showed any sort of interest in the show whatsoever, how they could have disliked it. Mm. Well, season uh, sorry, episode two was a bit slow for me mm. with um with Blink sort of her powers getting out of control. Yeah, and all, okay, and you know all that sort of that that was a bit slow compared to what it's bookended by episode yeah. one and episode three. I was like, oh, I can see how you might if you were watching these back to back, you might doze off a little mm. bit watching those. But come to this episode and it's just like bang, yeah. bang, 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 bang. Well, I certainly think go. if you like watch one through it to three, you know, back to back to back. But only when I get to this number four and I'm like, this show, and I think I described it, whether it was last episode or the episode before, feels, and it's probably because it's made by Fox too, it feels very much like a like 24-ish. And the way that it's sort of maybe shot but obviously now 24 was told over the space of a day but it had to have that follow on through every episode mm. was just a there little was no chapter time of cuts. a story yeah. It was, yeah and the way this episode starts and even the way that it ends it, it it seemed to end and I wasn't looking at the time code it just seemed to end at the end of a scene and I was waiting for that next scene like oh where are mm. they going to go now no it's done it's like get them follow them shut down you know the city boom that's it I'm like Fuck, man this just feels like it's feeling a little bit like a Netflix series in the way that it's one story chopped up into, you know, 13 yeah. or whatever episodes. And it I'm loving re- it about that. It kind of reminds me of uh, my beloved Joss with his uh, Buffy and Angel back in the day. Yeah. The way he would end every episode, it's like it would just, almost like the end of Sopranos, it would just cut to black. Yeah. But it would do it like three frames too soon. And yeah, you're like, yeah. oh, I, oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, why I got it? You know, but you loved it because of that. Yeah. Because it, it made you want to come back for more. Mm. Without using the the Belantiverse trick of like, okay, we'll show you the basically the teaser from next week's episode. We'll show you now, so mm-hmm. we can trick you into coming back, mm. and then getting a really boring payoff. Yeah, um, this is just like we're just gonna we're just gonna tickle you, you know what, and just so you come back, you yeah. know, we just we're gonna give you some good stuff. 
We're going to tickle your undercarriage so you come back. You know? I'm always up for that. Why not? I'll come back. You know? Uh, one thing I really liked at the start of this episode um, was the Mutant Underground building, their little warehouse or whatever it is. little dilapidated building yeah. or whatever it is that Looks they're hiding like out in. You know, yeah. no one to think twice if they drove past. Now, we found out a couple of weeks ago that they have a mutant who can emit fear, basically, mm. in others. So that anyone driving past just gets an eerie feeling and wants to fuck off and... You know, not ask too many questions. And I imagine that would work too with any forces of any description that are coming to hunt for these guys. They would be. Yeah, uneased. I feel like it's like within a 500 meter parameter of, yeah. of where they are, perimeter of where they are. Yeah. It's just if you get within that bubble, you're like, no, I need to get out of here. Now, I'm just wondering whether that mutant with that power is on some kind of shift work because <laughs> they walked outside at one point, and I forget which characters it was that were having this key conversation, but as they sort of panned down alongside the building to see these two characters having a conversation, but what was to happen, there was a guy standing there with a gun. who was really? like, Yeah, who was like, guarding the place you know he i don't know if he was on like a little balcony or anything but he was standing there guarding this place with a gun and i'm like you have no power here mate what are you doing oh unless it's someone who's just like i fear nothing i will continue along yeah and see what becomes of what's near me i don't know maybe yeah maybe they just have they do have a watch just in case yeah yeah and he's got like close range powers or something like could do gun seems a bit maybe maybe i need to go back and rewatch that scene it just seemed to me like he was holding Holding a gun, and I'm like, it just seemed like they go, "Hey, can we go? Can we get someone on guard here?" And rather mm. than just having someone standing there, you know, like meditating, and you're like, "What's their yeah. power?" It's just like they've they picked up an extra from another show. Went, <laughs> you've got you've got Kevlar on. You've got to go. yeah, just stand there, mate. You're fine. <laughs> He's one of the guys from uh, The Walking Dead. The, yeah, exactly. Wear the, the wear the hockey jersey armor and stuff. Yeah. Well, I mean that yeah. whole that whole setup, that whole warehouse looks like it's the jail from season three of Walking yeah. Dead. So absolutely, it's funny. I mean, if it was someone like T Bird mm. who has like. You know, he's a tracker and he can see long distances and hear and all that sort of stuff. That would make sense to have someone up there, you know, keeping an eye out, you mm. know, so they can see further of what's going on. But, yeah. yeah, I guess unless you know what his power is, you're like, oh, mm. oh yeah, you probably need something a little a little bit better than that. So, like, last week, you know, I said that episode three felt like a bit of a, a – it was well-rounded of the first three episodes. You know, they're like a bookend, a little story. Mm. This one really feels like that because then you finally get – Reed reunited with his family because he was separated from mm. them at the end of episode one and now he's back with them and you've got Polaris who is back with Eclipse and everything's fine. They're on the run, obviously. Central yeah. services are after them and angry and pissed off, but they're all back together again. So, again, like each episode feels like it's rounding off the story, but then there is more next week and it feels like it's a natural progression. Well, and, and now we now we have to kind of address the fact that if Polaris is back, how is her dynamic going to change things now that Reed and his family are there? Yeah. It's like, yes, her and Reed kind of helped each other escape, but he also threatened her baby yeah. like two episodes ago yeah. and was, you know, was being a dick to her. So it's, it's that, I think that'll be interesting how she, now there's, it's like we're four episodes in, we've already got a new dynamic on how Polaris, who's pretty much the main character for lack of a better, mm. you know, we're going to see how she's going to be reacting to these four, well, two humans and two mutant kids that yeah. have now joined the resistance. Yeah. Yeah. Cause she didn't have a lot of interesting. Yeah. Didn't have a lot of sympathy for him when he said, look, I didn't understand until now my kids are mutants and I, I understand now and I can only mm. say how sorry I am. She's like, Oh, it's convenient. I don't forgive you. Cause you still did this. doesn't matter yeah. why you did it. You still did it to me. Hopefully in the grand scheme of things, like he, he, okay. He threatened the idea of the child, but I mean, she was also in a mm. jail. Yes. He put her there. 
and then she was thrown on the ground and kicked in the belly. Um, yeah. So, like, someone's She also, far. like, she threatened to rip the pins out of his knee when she was back in the jail cell. Yeah, and this... this and freak- now he's, like, offered it up. Oh he's God. like, take him. Take him if it means us getting out of here. Take him. And she's like, okay, cool. And he's like, yeah, sweet. And sits there. And then all of a sudden he's like, oh, fuck. This actually hurts. <laughs> Holy shit, this hurts. Where's the mutant with the anesthetic powers? <laughs> Surely there's someone of them on the team. Surely. When you like, it'd be like picking, you know, just be like picking a, a sporting team. It's like, we need a guy who can kick, okay, great. Yep. Great guy who can tackle, guy can hit well, you know. It's like, pick all the strengths. It's like, you, you're, you're a doctor mutant. You can come, yeah. And I guess um, on the back of like how it's it's it feels like a very flowing story, regardless of how many episodes they keep throwing at us, this episode is probably the most uh, not claustrophobic in the sense that it wasn't inside or anything, but like singular set. Like it, it felt like most of the episode was in that little industrial area where they had the well, it wasn't a failed rescue attempt, but for a lot of it, it seemed that way that there were going to be some serious casualties and they weren't mm. going to be able to save their um save their friends. But it it really most of the episode felt like it took place there, and that I was totally okay with that. I didn't get bored. I didn't think okay, no. they're just having action for action's sake. You know? Well, there was that weird little sort of side mission that Marcos went to go and like see his ex girlfriend mm. to get some help, and like, and then it turns out oh, she, well, to get help from her father. Yeah, she's like, no, no, I'm running shit now. Yeah. So and then there was like the torture scene, yeah. which was I was like, whoa. So I think that was enough of an interesting sort of side thing. Yeah. It's, it's got to come back at some point. I feel like that can't just be a little yeah, cause it, one-off thing and come back. Because it wasn't even like, I'll do this for you if you do this for me, mm. which he did. He went and, and threatened to blind that guy and went back to his old dark days, obviously. And then she gave him the information. She was like, no, I've got you now. Like, you have to come whenever yeah. I call, you come. But once he re- rescued Polaris, I was like, well, why do you now? Like, you're going to be on the run from Sentinel Services, I imagine, unless you're going back to that same building, which is fine. But they don't know you live there. Those gangster friends, those mob friends of yours don't know where you are. I feel like he still feels obligated to go back and do that. Mm. But I'm like, they don't know where you are, so what's the threat in a way? I don't I don't. Yeah, know. that's true, because they are kind of living off the grid. Unless, you know, given that they're like this weird mobster underground, maybe they have connections to yeah. the mutant underground and maybe they can find out yeah. where they are or something. Yeah. Or, well, that makes sense. Know, I mean, but... f- for me, I-, I liked I like how this story is set in a world where everyone is well aware of mutants and aware of their powers. And on many levels, people are okay with it. It's only the people in power that don't like it. And then other people that are caught in the crossfire and a lot of mixed messages going around about who's good and who's bad and why and for what reasons and all that sort of thing. But the fact that you yeah, had Eclipse go back to the nightclub and he put his hands up to say, "Hey, I'm here. You know, I, I come in peace to the to the to the um, bouncer outside." He's like, "Hey, don't point those things right. at me." <laughs> it's like the one the one like gesture we could all make to be like, "I am no threat." Yeah, universal peace is the yeah. one gesture where Eclipse is like at his most dangerous, <laughs> basically. So I like that that guy knew what he did, and it was just like, "Hey, mate, put that away." You know, yeah. it's like you see a guy carrying a knife. It's like I could. I know what you're up to. Just come on. You put it away. Like, it seemed like such a nothing thing for him to reference. Like, oh, my God, really dangerous supernova superpowers, you know? Uh, And the idea that we've seen them be energy blasts, we've seen them be like a torch, but the idea that when he went and threatened that guy, he's like, this will blind you, even with your eyes closed. For life. So he was ready to be punched and kicked and cut open and whatnot. He's like, do what you want, man. I don't know anything. And he's like, here's a bright light in your eyes. Oh, my God, they're at this place. Yeah. It's like shit, man. Yeah, you That's can. Full on. You it's can like, do. It. I thought I he was going like, to his legs or something. Me too. Yeah. But the, to take it to that level of I can blind you even with your eyes closed. Mm. 
that's that's dark shit. Yeah, because you watch watch these sort of scenes where people are being tortured and they're always going for the legs. You know, they're crushing your fingers, they're punching mm. you, they're breaking your jaw and things like that. You know, they're all pulling- stuff that can. Yes, will hurt, yeah. but over the time heals. Yeah, I it's don't. Like, well, you we can't heal blindness. I can't remember seeing people threaten like senses like that. You know, mm. I've seen in and I'm not you know mentioning it for a second time this podcast, but 24, and there was a great torture scene where they put this guy, they put like a metallic like visor over his eyes, so he was completely blind, and they put headphones on that emitted this white noise, and so it they cut off two of his senses. And he sat there and he started to get more agitated and they took it off and they said, how long do you think it's been that you've been in there? He's like, I don't know, like six or seven hours. And they said, it's actually been about 20 minutes. Mm. And it freaked him out because he lost all sense of time because he couldn't see anything, couldn't hear anything. So those things really, like touch doesn't tell don't you how long. do they say that? Like you can go, there's like a room somewhere and it's like the quietest room on earth because yeah. it's like the way it's been sanded and stuff and it's completely black inside. It's like... And it's like a test to see how long you can stay inside, and people can only stay in there for like five or six minutes. Yeah, because you can hear your own blood pumping through your through your veins. I they so say. want to experience that. So I would love that. to. Too. I think it'd send me mad. Yeah, but oh, yeah. madder. Yeah, so it's mad-er. fine. We'll, <laughs> we'll be fine. fine. We'll be fine. <laughs> but yeah, I you very rarely see things like that be threatened, and it's it's like that makes sense. He's yeah. like, oh, yeah, I'll, I'll punch me, you want, mate? Cut me open, whatever. Kill me, kill me. I don't care. I'll make you blind. F- that. Yeah. And it's like, and it's this nice guy, but I just don't see why he's going to feel the need to go back. But maybe there are these underground connections to the point where, yeah, like, I mean, he went there to give him information about the Sentinel services that have to do with mutants. Why would the mob know that? Well, they just do because they've got connections. So maybe yeah, it makes sense that they know someone that knows someone that's in the mutant underground, mm. and they're going to be able to find him. And now that he's got a so, baby to protect, yeah, yeah, and it did give Marcos a bit of edge because mm. he's been a bit. He and Thunderbird are kind of a little bit. Sort of proper. They're mm. very like, yes, they're running underground, but they're very noble, you know. Whereas I feel like, you know, Polaris is a little bit, she's very dark. She's got some issues going on. Yeah. And even Blink, you know, well, she's a runner. She's been running. She's she's learning to stand up for what's going on. Yeah. So I like the fact that we're getting an insight into some of the boys' backgrounds to show that Marcos isn't as, as clean cut mm. and wholesome as, as you're led to believe. Yeah. And that something as simple as a light power can be... Pretty dark. <laughs> that was unintentional. <laughs> um, what I did find funny, though, in the same way we've seen like a darker side of Marcos, it's the first time I've seen like a, a side of Polaris where I'm like, oh, really? Is that you sure you want to do that? Mm. And that's when she's um, correcting people. So like, no, don't call me Lorna, call me Polaris. Yeah. It was just, I was a little bit like, oh, really? Yeah. Are you sure that's that's where you want to draw the line? Mm. Like, I'm a little bit... And I think, too, when they didn't call her, they referred to her as her name. She's like, Polaris! And I'm like, yeah. come on. You know, you're just being an angry teenager. Like, that's not going to Yeah, help. that's what it was. Bit, They're not going to turn around and go, oh, sorry, was I being disrespectful? I'm, I'm sorry, I didn't hear you. The yeah. First time, you know? If it was done, I don't know, quiet or more internally, I think it would have been more... Yeah, absolutely, yeah. ...more potent. But, mm. yeah, it was a little bit whiny teenager. The other thing I sort of had in my head is maybe I kind of like the fact that maybe... She'll let other mutants call her Lorna, mm. but humans have to call her Polaris. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that that idea, mm. but the delivery was just a, a little bit off on that yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. They had last week where Dreamer put those memories inside Blink, and she suddenly remembered you know, that she was in love with Johnny, and mm. that was how she was able to open up the portal and... And he said to uh, Johnny, said to Dreamer at the end of the episode, "Do you know? I mean, you know what you've done. You know what's about to happen." Now, I just figured, well, at the very least, 
Blink's going to think she's in a relationship with Johnny. Yeah. But throughout this whole episode, she was basically just having sort of sex dreams about him and, and just seeing him and gushing like, you know, a, a girl with a crush. And, you know, she went up to him and, and it's nice to finally see that character smile after three or four episodes. You know, yeah. Got a beautiful smile. She goes up and she's like, hey, um, did we go outside that night that I got? No, we didn't. Oh, I didn't. Nah, I didn't think so. I didn't like, think so. She's so confused, but it's not a massive problem at the moment. So no. part of me as a viewer is like, oh, it's not that bad. You know, he was worried about too much. I don't know what where that's going to going to get to. Yeah. So it's like it's yeah, it's not like Dreamers put a hard memory in there. Mm. It's I guess the way her name insinuates it's a dream. Like it's it's she doesn't know whether it's yeah. real and it's Desire a sub, subconscious of kind of thing. Yeah. But I did love and I I was right there with her when she did it. But when Johnny like um like smashes through the wall yeah, yeah. and blinks just like Damn. <laughs> I was right there with her. I yeah, was like, yeah. damn, hello, son. Jeez. Now, the one thing I didn't like about this episode, uh, or certainly like the least, is something I don't I don't really like in a lot of forms of storytelling where it opened up and it was, what, a year ago, three years ago or something. They The, the team of Eclipse and Johnny and maybe Polaris is there too, I don't know. They were going to rescue someone or something from Sentinel Services or wherever. Mm-hmm. And then you've got this other new mate of Johnny's, his best mate. Yeah. And uh, and 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 he can he's got like electrical. Yeah, he can manipulate. I forget what his name like was. Feet. Pulse was it? Pulse they yes, called him. Yeah. And he can manipulate um, electrical fields. Yeah. Yeah. So they're escaping, and Pulse says, "Look, give me. I'll be right with you. I'm gonna f- with him some more." Goes off, does that. As he's running away, he gets shot. He's dead. And it's like, okay, cool. No reference to him in the show whatsoever. Then come the end, Johnny sees him. He's actually working for Sentinel Services. Mm. Oh, my God, i got to rescue my friend. Now, I only don't like that sort of thing because it's like showing you something completely out of context. What's the meaning behind this? And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, this guy that you kind of met 40 minutes ago. Feel immediate sympathy for him because he's working with the bad guys. Like For me, it would have been more effective, I think, if we see him. Johnny has a reaction. All of a sudden, this guy, Johnny, who's arguably the leader of this whole team. Like, he's got his yeah. head on. He he, know, he he sort of puts emotion aside. As much as he is an emotional leader, he, he can focus on the task at hand, get shit done, and all of a sudden he'll be rendered useless. We don't know why. And then after, he says, it's my friend. Maybe the start of the next episode, we see that flashback. We understand why it works a little bit yeah. more. Like, to compare it to, say, something like... Uh, the Winter Soldier with Captain America. We got all that backstory. We understood why Bucky meant so much to Captain America so that when you see him as the Winter Soldier in the future or in our present, you're like, holy mm. shit, this breaks everything. You know, If you only watch that film, if you only watch Winter Soldier, that twist doesn't mean as much because yeah. you're like, why should I care about Captain America's emotional response to this when I don't know the history? Yeah, I think I agree with you. I like what they did, but how they did it was a bit off. Yeah. It actually took me back to the original um, X-Men 90s cartoon, mm-hmm. cartoon again, and they did that. In like uh, episode one, that you they establish all the team. Uh, Wolverine's best friend is Morph, a shapeshifter. Yeah. And he's part of the team. He's in the opening credits, all that sort of stuff. He's laughing and giggling away. The end of the first episode... He's killed and captured by Sentinel Services, mm. and Wolverine is broken up about it. He punches Cyclops in the face, and, and Morse dead. Yeah, they killed him off in the first episode. 
only for him to come back at the end of the season. Yeah. As um, and because he's a shapeshifter, he can impersonate people. But he comes back because he was actually found and um revived by Mister Sinister. Yeah, yeah. And now he's evil, and mm. it's Wolverine's best friend, but he's evil. So I like the parallels they're doing there with T Bird slash Johnny and Pulse and all that sort of stuff. But yeah, just throwing this um this flashback in like the way they did, I was like, oh, I kind of wish they they'd done that in the first episode or yeah, something or like even that. mentioned so, it maybe like we don't want what happened to Pulse to happen to such and such and then you go yeah. who's this guy who's this guy and then we finally get a bit of backstory and maybe then it ruins the twist at the end of the episode but then at least yeah we have that little bit of little bit of backstory I mean it's, it's such a nitpick because I, I did really like this episode yeah. and the action was great and, and all that sort of gear along to go with it and what I'm enjoying about these chats that I have with you about Gifted is that we don't come in and go oh my god mutant powers action scenes it's all about how everything else shapes that and it's and like oh and by the way superpowers are cool that's the way mutants are supposed to be they're, yeah. the, they're the allegory for, for mm. real life situations it's not a bit yes it's cool to watch them have these cool powers but the show's not about the cool powers yeah. and again for me to shit on the Belanti versus the, the, the one thing they have over them as well is they never have to get into costume. They don't have to put on a costume yeah. and a mask. Yeah. They're just them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's I like that. And I think what I like too is that we've uh, you know, seen parallels between obviously mutants anyway and certain things that happen in real life. But even though we are watching this six, nine months after these episodes were first released, I'm seeing these dangerous sort of parallels as to what's going on in the States currently or certainly in the last yeah. couple of weeks with the separation of children and families and things over with uh you know immigration in in the states and it's like i i found myself getting angry at characters in this show and i'm like man this sort of shit is happening right now yeah when dream is like johnny you don't understand this is war yeah and i was like well i'm like isn't he a military veteran are yeah, you really yeah. saying that to him but yeah. yeah like it's the the difference it's like they're this group but they're they're at, at different extremes. Yep. Some are willing to go further than others are to accomplish because of the all these horrible things that are being done to them. Mm. And not hammering mm. it down your throat either. Not the, the no. whole time going, immigration is like mutation. And so that's why this episode is a good parable for what uh, is going. It's yeah. just like, hey, you should feel sorry for these mutes because of this. You're like, oh, doesn't that sort of trickle down to real life but the episode's moved on it's mm. not it's not preaching to you but you're left lingering in your That's own it. mind and then it throws in little things like again in this episode they reinforce the fact that anger is Andy's trigger mm. for his powers yeah 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 so it's like if, if they're going to keep you know putting these kids down bashing them trying to you know He's going to get to a point where he's so angry he's not going to control himself, yeah. and that's where things things are going to go bad. Yeah, and it's gonna it's gonna hinder what they're trying to do rather than help. Mm. You know, so it's yeah, it's, oh, so exciting. It's good. I can't. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, f- I feel like we've been talking about it for ages, and there's so much love at the show, and I'm like, are we really only up to episode four? Right? Like it's mate, it's yeah. X Men. We're get barely on board. a third of the way through, so I'm excited. <laughs> we'll be back next uh, podcast to talk about episode five of The Gifted. Uh, in the meantime, you can check out Maddie and I's other gear, talking about Marvel-based uh, TV shows with Agents of Shield. We're also talking DC TV over with Terry and uh, Ben when he's not uh, gallivanting around the world on holidays. So you can check that out on the podcast as well. Movie reviews as well. Otherwise, you can uh, catch us on the socials. Talk some geek, and uh, Maddie, we can find you to do that. Hi. Pitch Maddie. Myself, Mitch underscore Lewis, both of us on Twitter and Instagram. You can uh, check out Geek on the socials. Just simply search Get Into Geek. All right, until next week, Maddie, more gifted then. Yeah. Get into geek.com.